when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, and on this episode, we're joined on the podcast by Vivek. First off, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, officially welcome. Um, You have now joined the Yahoo Sports Canada team. The dark side. Is it? (laughs) No. Um, no, come on. No, no, no. Um, yeah, so Vivek's joined the team. You're going to be appearing on a lot of these podcasts. So, yeah. um, you know, welcome. Uh, longtime listeners of the Reaction Podcasts, you're already pretty familiar with Vivek. He's been he's been on many of these podcasts, uh, including the one time that uh, we recorded one in Mississauga. That was that was in, in my in my Hyundai. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that was that was the Raptors beating the. Cavaliers yeah. in like January, and they smacked them by like thirty points. This game wasn't as euphoric as that one, um, but it was still a pretty solid win nonetheless. The Raptors beating the Orlando Magic by a score of one twenty one to one hundred nine. Uh, first off, of it, what what happened in the start of the game? Because the Raptors got down eleven points, the Magic came out, scored thirty six points in the first quarter, shot sixty three percent from the field. What do you feel like happened with the Raptors to start? Because that didn't look like the Raptors. I think, you know, both teams were able to make their shots from the outside. And I, I think at one point, both teams had made five threes each. And I think the Raptors were getting the feel that maybe they could just get into a fun little shootout game where uh, they put up big numbers. And, you know, maybe you get some competition that way and trying to see if you can win that way. Um, but whatever happened after that, where they were probably just challenged to bring it on the defensive end and I thought that started with Kyle Lowry where um, you know you saw him diving for loose balls you saw him really get into uh, the opposing guards and they really limited the dribble penetration after you know like you said the first quarter was just a disaster Um, so I thought he triggered the change and then everyone sort of followed suit and I thought the intensity ramped up and that's where we saw them close you know the second quarter and then start the third quarter I think or between those two is like a 25 to 5 run uh, and that was pretty much the game yeah for sure I mean defensively the Raptors only conceded 16 points in the second quarter and like you mentioned like the intensity I think um I think there are residual effects to playing the Bulls twice and the Knicks <laughs> in an entire week because I think the Raptors are just like look we can come out we can get wins and you know the magic aren't that much better than those teams like they're a respectable team and they're not a g-league team but like uh they came out they executed really well and you're gonna give the magic credit too because like they didn't even commit their first foul until nine minutes left in the second quarter so that's 15 minutes without a foul so they were executing the raptors actually i thought they should have gotten down even more based on the way they started because you know Kawhi didn't really have it going and we could talk about that pascal definitely didn't have it going but uh danny green Scored 15 points in the first quarter on 6-7 shooting. And uh, he was just... I mean, he was the Raptors MVP tonight, man. He finished with a season-high 29 points. What is there left to say about Danny other than he is not only the best uh, Raptors podcaster, but he's also the Raptors' best shooter? 
Yeah, I mean, even with the three-point shooting, there was a play where he pulls the chair and then pulls the block off. Yep. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about him, right? It doesn't matter what position he's in. Uh, he can he can defend multiple, uh, you know, sort of prototypes of guys. He can uh, stretch the floor, and then we're seeing him, you know, maybe take a few more chances off the dribble as well, yep. uh, feeling himself. Um, he turned a post-up into, like, a reverse layup? That, yeah. was, that was very impressive. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I don't know how much of that we'll see in meaningful postseason games. Um, but, you know, obviously they're in a stretch of the season now where they can experiment with some stuff and have a bit more fun. Um, yeah, for Danny, I, he's been outstanding all season. I think on the broadcast they were having a debate of whether, uh, you know, he or Del Curry are the best shooters in Raptors history. Mm. Um which I think is interesting. Um, if you look at what Danny's given this team, you know, you factor in the defense as well. He's probably the more valuable player. Uh, but shooting wise, the fact that he's up there with Adele Curry this season after the year he had last year, um, and San Antonio, I guess, effectively just thought, uh, you know, he was done with that groin injury. Um, well, well, they, didn't even, they didn't even know about it. They didn't even know. So That's they just, they just thought he was done. Um, uh-huh. So obviously he's recovered from that. I, I thought it was interesting uh, that he made the comment about finishing at the rim and how it's been a bit of an adjustment for him because he's used to going up and finishing strong. Um, so he he's still sort of easing that groin and maybe he'll get fully healthy next summer. Um, but as long as he's giving you the outside shooting like this, you know, and you see how much the Raptors thrive off the ball movement since Gasol has arrived uh, with the three-point shooting. I think that is going to give them uh, that X factor in the playoffs that you need. You know, when you when, when teams are trapping and forcing the ball out of the main guys, uh, you know, those back-breaking shots. Yeah, I mean, it's also been uh, kind of surprising to me all year how much versatility Danny has. Yeah. Like, we obviously know he's a 3-and-D guy. Like, primarily he gets his, you know, money off jump shots and stuff like that and he's been great on jump shots by the way seven of ten from deep tonight um second time this season he said seven threes but uh and also shot 11 of 15 overall but you know he has that in between game pretty much down like if he steps in from the three-point arc as long as he's steady on like a you know especially those baseline jumpers he's really good obviously he hit that baseline jumper to beat the magic at the buzzer early in this year yep um but his effectiveness around the basket like you know you see it tonight right like a team like the magic they have pretty great length across the board except for DJ Augustine, right? Mm-hmm. And Augustine is pretty undersized. And so, you know, if you're the Magic and many teams, you're going to choose the lesser evil. And you're going to put your better backcourt defender on Kyle Lowry, and then you're just going to take your chances with Danny Green. And Danny just took Augustine into a post a couple of times, you know, you know, got some uh, buckets that way, and it's just that's a versatile aspect of his game that he's going to really provide. But really, I mean, it's just three-point shooting. Like, the three-point shooting with Danny Green – it's been incredible. Like he's having the most efficient three point shooting season in Raptor history. Um, especially if he keeps up this rate, obviously his three point percentage bumped up today as well. Um, and I mean, let me just ask you, forget looking at numbers and everything like that. Just based off feeling, if you had an open three, which Raptor, you know, you can choose any of an all of all time. Right. But uh, which Raptor do you trust with an open three more than Danny green? No one. Nobody. Danny Green, like every time he's open in that corner, you expect it to go in. And the crazy part is tonight he wasn't even doing it from the corner, right? He was yep. doing it from that right wing. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, my expectation of him now is just so high. When he misses, I'm shocked. You know, on the season, he's at 40%. Like, you just think it's going in every time, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, in in the clutch, uh, you know, we've seen all those big games where you know he's made big threes. He, he had that, he had that three against Golden State uh, in overtime in Toronto. Yeah. He's he, he had Miami. that big three against yeah against Miami. He had the big three against Boston early in the season. Yeah. Um. So you, you sort of expect him to you know translate it into the postseason as well. And you know, you mentioned obviously the three point shooting is the biggest thing. But when you talked about posting up uh, on DJ Augustine, you know, I, I was thinking back to the game in Golden State when he was posting up on Steph, Steph Curry yep. and the advantage he gave the Raptors there, right? And he was really effective at doing that too. So if you try to take away that post up, uh, that that three point shot from him, it, it's good to know that you know he he has other uh, sort of mismatch situations that he can take advantage of. Right, right. Um, so Danny Green is doing most of the scoring. I think first off, that has to be the first time all season Danny Green has led the team in shots, and he got 15 shots in 20 minutes before you know he sat down. I thought Nick Nurse did a smart move today to um, you know keep all the minutes down. Like no starter played more than 28 minutes. Yeah. Um, and you know nobody off the bench played 28 minutes either. But um, you know Danny was stepping up, like you said. Kyle Lowry was getting on the you know diving on the floor for loose balls. Kyle actually had a really quietly excellent game. 12 points. Six rebounds, seven assists, three steals, a block, plus 19 in 27 minutes. Uh, all three of his shots were threes. He had a continuation shot that was waved off. He'll just never get continuation anymore. <laughs> Kyle used to get so many of those fouls uh, by sort of jumping into his defender, and that never happens anymore. But um, the other guy I really wanted to highlight in terms of positives was Marcus Gasol, who um, he had a team-high plus 24 tonight, and mm-hmm. plus minus isn't everything, but you just look at his sort of overall impact, right? Like he's not going to post like eye popping numbers, yeah. but consistently when you just watch the games, like he makes the Raptors better on both ends of the floor. And tonight, Nick Vucevic has been a guy who's killed the Raptors uh, a lot this year. I mean, he's had like 30, 20 games against the Raptors today. He had 13 points on five of 14 shooting and, you know, two of his five shots were just three pointers, which, you know, whatever, but yeah, he was pretty much anonymous. Yeah. And Gasol did a great job defending the pick and roll action the Magic, obviously, you know, they're not a great three-point shooting team. They usually like to go inside the paint, and I thought Gasol did a great job of locking down inside. And so I'm thrilled. I'm honestly, I'm thrilled. And I am I really do think Gasol is taking the Raptors starting lineup to a, another level. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that highlight the improvement for me is, you know, you might individually look at uh, Gasol's three-point attempts and say, oh, they're down, you know, what's going on with him individually. And uh, but when you look at what the team's doing three-point shooting wise what he's been able to do from the elbows and create so many different actions for this team that before his arrival could create nothing from the elbows yep. um that's given the raptors a new weapon that obviously teams are struggling to cope with just because there's so many different ways the raptors can attack you now and the ball um, moves like exactly. it's always moving exactly i mean that, that that's a contagious thing right like when when someone like us all who has the skill set that he has in the post that can make the mid-range jumper uh, is so selfless and so willing to cater to everybody else. I think that kind of rubs off on everyone and sort of puts the ego, checks the ego at the door uh, automatically, subconsciously. Um, So I think what he's provided to the team uh, far supersedes, you know, what he might be missing out on individually. Yeah, for sure. And and to be honest, even individually, I don't think he's producing that much less, right? If you look at right. like per 36 numbers, like his averages are pretty much right in line with what he did in Memphis and also the three-point shooting. You know, he started off a little bit iffy, but he's up to 43% from deep as a Raptor taking 2.8 attempts per 36 minutes. I still personally want him to take more threes. I think there's more opportunities. Like right now, the Raptors are made a concerted effort for – 
those baseline plays, right? Where like, okay, you know, your center is always an option to inbound to, right? Yeah. Off a off a, of a sideline, you know, baseline inbound, whatever. But Gasol is just now over the last couple of games, he's just like popped out to the three point line, and usually the defenses aren't prepared for that. Yeah. Right, like you don't usually expect a center to. Usually, centers just catch the ball and then they distribute. They set up the play, whatever. But he's just catching that off the baseline inbound and just pulling from three. And I think those plays have just made the Raptors more versatile. Because again, the Raptors would have never been able to do that with their previous personnel, and um, and even small plays. Like there was one play in the third quarter there where the Raptors got a stop, and you know Gasol corralled the loose ball and immediately threw an outlet pass to Danny Green, who. You know, uh, he ends up faking out the defense. I think Isaac flew past him, and he, he dished it off to Kawhi for a layup. But it's those small plays where Gasol's playmaking and, and his defense, quite honestly, is just it's made such an impact on the team. And you look at the Raptors tonight, right? Like they shot 19 of 37 from deep. Remember all the start of the season? Yeah. You and I were talking about, man, this Raptors team can't shoot. It's yeah. a big issue. Yeah. They can't shoot. They are number one in the NBA in three-point percentage uh, since Gasol arrived. And it, it, it's sort of um, – they kind of got creative in terms of addressing the three-point issues, right? The trade deadline, the whole thing was like, the Raptors got to add a shooter. They got to add a shooter. CJ Miles is not doing anything. They got to add a shooter. Yeah. And instead of going for a guy like Miritich, who they did go for, but they missed out on, right? The uh, the Pelicans ultimately chose uh, the Bucks package. But the Raptors sort of did the creative thing and got a passer who can unlock a lot of these guys. And the yeah. Raptors' three-point shooting has been crazy. I mean, you got 18 threes. Uh, against the Bulls last game, and then 20 against the Knicks the day before, and then 19 today? That's unthinkable. Yeah, and then I think you look at... Kyle Kyle has talked about this, where you you look at the collective IQ of the team. Yep. Everyone seems to be two or three plays ahead. You know what I mean? And again, we talk about Gasol how quick he is with his decision making impacts so much of what's happening on the floor like in general you see a big that you know when when they receive the ball they're ready you know for you know a dho or just ready to set the screen whatever it may be with gasol you know he's already looked at the floor he understands where everyone everyone else is and he's looking to make that play and even when he's he knows that those guys are covered you can see him get into sort of that ball screen mode right away, right? Where he's looking to create that mismatch, where he's looking to set a good screen. So everything is just so much quicker. It's almost like within the 24-second shot clock, like they have three, four different sets that they can go to. Right. You know what I mean? And right. that's that's where, you know, maybe before, after you take the first action or the second action away from the Raptors, all, all of a sudden, the last 10 seconds, they're just panicking because they don't know what to do. Right. But that's completely changed now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and really, one of the only downsides to the Gasol edition was that you know Serge Ibaka was going to be put into a lesser role. Right. It seems clear now that Gasol is a starter, and you know Serge is coming off the bench. And uh, you know, the, I think Ibaka kind of struggled with that transition at the start. And I don't think having you know to play with Jeremy Lin helped too much because Jeremy has just been not been he's just not been good. But um, <laughs> I think now that Van Vliet's healthy. And so he can be the backup point guard, and he can run a lot of actions with Ibaka. I thought Ibaka was a very big positive today. Yeah. Um, and it's very important for the Raptors to continue keeping Ibaka as part of the offense because he has been very productive all season. I've said it repeatedly on this podcast, uh, and you can't just throw away all that production. And today he had 15 points, six rebounds, and 20 minutes off the bench. Seven of 10 shooting, hit a three, um, you know, had a nice block as well. To be honest, he could have even had more points if uh, a couple of blocking calls didn't go his way. I mean, yeah, he got called for he got a, a couple of tough calls. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I mean, Ibaka's come on strong of late recently, too. And obviously, he had that great game against the Bulls, although, whatever, that was like a scrimmage. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you see this as sustainable from Ibaka off the bench? Because if that's the case, the Raptors could be a lot better. Yeah, I think low-key, that Bulls game was important to him in the sense that, you know, he got the minutes with Kyle Lowry when he started uh, alongside Gasol to sort of get himself going. Um, You create that comfort zone. Then you saw later in the game, uh, him get those minutes w- with Van Vliet where, you know, okay, now he's feeling good. Let's build on this chemistry here. And then I think, again, today you saw some steps in that chemistry improving between Van Vliet and Ibaka. And I think, uh, again, he's he's just one of those guys that thrives off what he's doing defensively. And so when yep. he's involved defensively, when he's active, um, you know, he... he he, we know he's an emotional guy. That's what gets his juices flowing. And then that carries over to the offensive end, right? And if you keep him happy, uh, you know, just get, you know, just give him sort of that pat on the back and get, get him a few touches there as well. Then you, you maintain that for the 48 minutes and you get back th- those 48 minutes of quality center minutes that you were getting when the Raptors started out 20 and four, right? Yeah. And I think honestly, Fred, um, one of the slept on benefits of Kyle going down with a back injury early in the season was that Fred got to play more with the starting lineup. And yeah. that was also during a time when JV was hurt as well, right? So Fred got a lot of touches with Ibaka. It wasn't always fluid, but like he kind of figured it out. Ibaka likes the ball in the mid-range, right? Yeah. You lead him there with the pass. Yeah. You make the pass early so Ibaka can just you know step into the shot and rise up. And I think, yeah, Ibaka and Van Vliet, if the two of them have some chemistry off the bench, that's really going to help the Raptors because – the way I'm looking at it right now, all the Raptors' important rotation players are playing well, right? Like, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to Kawhi and also Pascal in a second, but um, you you look at even Norm, he's coming on a late, like he's had a shaky start today, but he finished strong. I thought Ibaka's come on strong. Van Vliet has been incredible yeah. since the injury, um, and then every single starting lineup player has been great. Yeah, like A plus. So yeah. Um, it's it's looking nice for the Raptors, but uh, just to you know quickly touch on some of the negatives out of this game, uh, you and I were both a little bit perplexed with Pascal struggling tonight. He shot two of nine for six points. What was going on with Pascal's game? So I think you know the reason I was sort of disappointed with the performance was because I thought he had figured some things out when he went up against Jeremy Grant uh, in OKC, right. um, because Jeremy Grant sort of fits that prototype of you know the Jonathan Isaacs of the world and. Uh, how they look to play him but um, to your point that you pointed out before you know Isaac played him differently he didn't you know when you Siakam wants to feel you right so as soon as he gets that feel he knows which way to go Um, and as you mentioned Isaac sort of laid off him didn't give him anything to feel so all of a sudden um, but when when Siakam decided to make his move and actually go up that's when Isaac contested right so he held his own force Siakam to make a decision and then based on that decision he was able to react and so it sort of takes away Siakam's advantage now Isaac's in a position of control where he's now deciding uh he's forcing Siakam into an area that he wants him to go and then he's able to go up and contest yeah and I think this is probably something where teams will try to copy that yeah uh, going into the playoffs um but I think the one thing for Pascal to take away from this game not necessarily is how he attacked Isaac or whatever uh, because I think he should still stay aggressive, even if the defense is playing him like that. And right. not all teams have a guy who's like Isaac, who's like literally seven feet tall uh, and can really move his feet really well and also kind of play that power forward spot. Um, but I think the one thing with Siakam I was a little bit disappointed by was how much he was kind of like hanging his head because he was struggling offensively. 
and uh, and that translated to some poor defensive possessions, especially early in the game. And you know, it's one of those things where like, look, Pascal has taken so many leaps and, and grown so much this season that, as a scorer that like it's completely redefined his future in the NBA, right? Yeah. But at the same time, he can't get away from the fact that he is still at the core of it, a hustle player um, who needs to contribute with his energy and commitment. And a lot of that is defensively, right? For example, Pascal, I think he leads the NBA in three-point shots contested. Like, that's just a testament to how much he's hustled because as a power forward, that's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to contest threes that much. But um, I just think Pascal just needs to keep it all in mind and sort of keep it all in focus, right? He still needs to contribute defensively even if he's not contributing offensively. Absolutely. And I think you hit on a great point because now when I think back to that First game against OKC, um, Jeremy Grant actually started out well against him. He got a few stops. Siakam looked like he was forcing it a little bit, uh, couldn't really get going. But um, as the game went on a little bit, uh, he was able to get out and transition a bit. And then, you know, that's sort of part of Siakam's hustle game as well, right? When he's able to leak out ahead of the pack and get some easy buckets going that way, then all of a sudden it energizes him. He's making stops on the defensive end. Um, And so maybe him not being able to get those leak out opportunities in this one uh, hurt him uh, in that sense. Uh, But you're right. If if he's not able to get that, he still needs to be able to bring it on the defensive end. Um, and so maybe, again, you know, it's all part of the learning curve. He's shown how quickly he can learn. Um, and that's maybe one aspect of Siakam that doesn't get talked about enough where, you know, we talk, we, 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 you know, we talk about, you know, him improving his three-point stroke, improving his one-on-one moves. But, I mean, to improve at the rate that he's improved, you have to have tremendous IQ. And I I, 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 th- I give him a lot of credit for maybe, you know, proving some people wrong and thinking of, you know, in terms of how he thinks the game. I think he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. I think he's shown that. And so little things like this, I expect him to learn from very quickly. Um, and that's where, you know, stuff like the ball handling and all that stuff, that uh, that's where you see the, you know, the improvement in the decision making and all that. So I think it'll come. And, you know, it, it's still good for him to get these lessons every once in a while. Uh, and then lastly, before we get to three stars and the Gerald Henderson Award, Kawhi kind of had a bit of an underwhelming game. I think uh, in the first half, he was not overwhelmed, but matched athletically by Aaron Gordon. And it's just not very often where you can see someone who is super athletic, but also really strong at that small forward position. Kawhi right. is usually able to outmuscle people, but Gordon is really, really built. And he was able to hold his ground. And he actually got a couple of blocks on Kawhi as well. But I thought Kawhi actually handled the added defensive pressure really well. Like, he turned a lot of those into assists. He had five tonight. Um, And he didn't really force his offense as much. And I think part of that was, you know, Danny was flowing so well that a lot of plays were going towards Danny. But, like, Kawhi only took 12 shots in 27 minutes. And I thought he was pretty selective with his shots, especially in the second half. Kind of played within a team concept. And I felt like, um, you know, I'm sure he's going through a bit of difficult circumstances at the moment as well, just uh, with uh, what's going on off the court. But, um I mean, I th- I still thought that he the fact that he was still about the rally is 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 promising, right? Because you look at you contrast it with a guy like Siakam, right? Uh, Siakam really struggled tonight, and he couldn't really find his rhythm without the offense. Kawhi still contributes and defensively. I mean, he had I think probably the play of the game tonight when you know it was off a loose ball, uh, off an offensive rebound. Kawhi is, has outside position, ends up jumping with Aaron Gordon, which is not easy. Aaron Gordon, as yeah. you remember from the 2016 slam dunk contest. He's quite the athlete. Um, 
And Kawhi jumps up with him, comes down. The two of them both have the ball. Kawhi rips it out of his hands, kicks it out to Marcus Saul, who hits a three and also gets fouled for a four-point play. And yeah. that's when the Raptors finally took the lead in the second quarter, and the Raptors never relinquished the lead. And I felt like, you know, you got Kyle diving the floor, you got Kawhi hustling for these rebounds, and you got Gasol making these big plays. I mean, that's this is how the Raptors are supposed to work. So good night all around for the Raptors. Again, I think the big takeaway from this game is just the Raptors have this switch that they can flip. Yep. And they've sort of been cruising a little bit. Uh, obviously, they know they are locked into the second seed, and today that was officially confirmed. So, you know, it's it's just nice to know because you, you don't want to be cruising, and then all of a sudden when you need to flip the switch, it's not there. And I think the Raptors show today. The cruise heading into the start of the game. They flipped the switch, and uh, they outscored the Magic 66-39 to uh, 39 in the second and third quarters. So let's start with three stars. Who's your first star of the game? I feel like this is pretty obvious. Danny Green. <laughs> yeah, 29 <laughs> points. Not much more to say there. 29 points, five rebounds, an assist, two steals, three blocks, 11-15 to 15 shooting, 7-10 to 10 yeah. from deep. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, also recorded a podcast with Marcus Gasol, so uh, listen to that. That's, that's coming out <laughs> soon as well. He obviously just had that great pod with, with Kyle. For second star, I'm going with uh, Gasol. 13 points, four rebounds, four assists. Um, but really, it's it's about his impact, man. I just thought the way he played um, both ends of the floor, the fact that he shut down Nick Vucevic, who, again, has been killing the Raptors this year. Uh, Gasol had a great night. Yeah. And uh, so, who's your third star? I'm going to go with Lowry. Um, okay. Just, uh, again, I thought the impact that he had as well in that sort of second quarter run, um, sparking the defense or making those big hustle plays, those K-low plays um, that are so signature for him. Um, I, I, you know, I might, I might think about it. Baca, um, Van Vliet quietly had a nice game, but yep. I'll, I'll go with uh, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, fully deserving, man. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, a block, 3 of 6 shooting. Um, I, I like the fact that you know, I, I first off, I mean, I want Kyle to score, obviously, right? But there are certain games where Kyle doesn't necessarily need to score, and especially with the lineup the way it is now, how much scores are around him. Like he can really, like the other parts of his game will really pop now that responsibility isn't entirely on him to create so much of his own offense. Because I feel like in previous seasons, especially in the playoffs, like Kyle as an individual scorer just doesn't have that like next yep. level. He's just a little bit too small, and it is what it is. And his skill level is good, but it's not like elite. It's not like Kyrie level or Steph Curry level, right? So, um, But the thing with Kyle always provides is the intangibles, and I think those will really, really stand out. And I think today is, is a good, another good example of Kyle being the leader of this team. So uh, Gerald Henderson Award. Let's, uh, let's hand that one out. There's a couple of candidates I yeah. can think of here. I feel like Isaac, even though offensively didn't have a great game, I feel like he's a candidate for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think... I think I'm ultimately going to go with Wesley Wundu. I mean, I didn't notice this during the game, but the didn't man shot, the shot 16. He had 16 points on 7 of 7 shooting. What? <laughs> he's, a, he's had a good close to the season. Um, uh, apparently. <laughs> Jeez, Wesley Wundu. <laughs> there you um, go, man. 16 points, 3 assists. Uh, yeah, he didn't miss a shot. 3 wow. rebounds, 2 assists. Um, so, yeah, credit to him, man. Shout out to Terrence Ross, by the way. A former Raptor, obviously we know a lot about Terrence, but uh, famously inconsistent, you know. The last game against the Raptors, I think he had like 30-plus. He came out gunning. He came out (laughs) gunning, and he torched the Raptors. Um, I'm just buying time here so until I can find the box score where he had... 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 28 points of 9 of 21 shooting, right? Then that was the last time we played the Raptors. Yeah. Today... Six points on two of ten shooting. That's the Terrence Ross experience. Yeah, wild inconsistency. This is this is the person that the Raptors, some Raptors fans out there, wanted to uh, reacquire. I like Terrence as a guy, but uh, no, he's, uh, he Gasol was, was probably a better choice. <laughs> <laughs> he was really trying to give it to Norm too. As soon as Norm oh, yeah, was yeah. on him, he was pulling up every chance he got. Um, yeah, they're they're boys. Yeah, they're boys. so that was pretty funny. To I see. mean, look, basically Terrence Ross is like uh, Gerald Green with you know ten full fingers. <laughs> so uh yeah anyway um i think that does it for the podcast yeah once again a reminder to please uh rate and review the raptors over everything podcast feed it's growing a lot it's uh consistently been uh in the top five ish in the itunes uh sports in canada chart that's kind of specific but still <laughs> proud of it um so please keep those ratings reviewings going like that just just helps service the podcast so much and helps other people find it and so uh, once again that's wrapped us up everything and so for myself and for Vivek we're signing off when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance as america's number one finance destination yahoo finance has everything you need whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.